In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Conversation, family. It's great to be with all of you. And as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is also the mother of each and every one of us. So let's... Um, Invite Mary to be with us. Also, when we pray, that beautiful prayer to Mary at the end of the rosary, the Hail Holy Queen, we also invoke Mary as our as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to accompany us as we go deeper into the riches of the Word of God. As Mary meditated, pondered on the Word of God, so we want to imitate her to Meditate and ponder the Word of God in our lives. <coughs> so let's pray. The prayer that she loves most. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's turn to our spiritual director and ask our spiritual director to be with us, to guide us. Our spiritual director is none other than the Holy Spirit. Let us humbly beg the Holy Spirit to help us. So the Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the counselor. Counselor as well as our consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. In our pursuit of holiness, as our Lord says, be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. The working of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier, is indispensable. Indispensable for us to arrive at this holiness that God wants us all to pursue and to attain. So let's uh, pray the classical, traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. Begging for a lot of light and a lot of strength. As we say, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkind within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, it instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and never rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
Our Lady, Queen of the Apostles, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Archangel Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Andrew the Apostle, pray for us. St. Peter, James, and John, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true it is, my friends, that the family that prays together stays together. In the words of Father Patrick Payton, who also said the following, A world at prayer is a world at peace. So we always start off our conversation by praying together as a family. And then to give you encouragement, I uh, promise to pray for all of you in this Perseverance family. I'd like to pray for all of you in the greatest of all prayers. And that prayer is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's right. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. There's no greater prayer in the world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I'd like to place all of you on the altar. And offer these prayers. First of all, I'd like to pray that all of us, and this was my topic that I talked about yesterday in Perseverance, and I talked about the Holy Spirit, because you had Isaiah chapter 2, who gives us the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then we had Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit, and praised God the Father. So I pray that we would be open to the Holy Spirit, that we would be docile to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Docile to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So, let's pray this prayer often during the course of the day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Through the heart of Mary. Come Holy Spirit come. Come Holy Spirit come. Through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be. Pray that all of us that will. Continue to grow in our knowledge of the faith. That's right. Continue to grow in our knowledge of the faith. Socrates went on to say, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. Wasn't really true. That might be 
hyperbole. But the fact that this great philosopher recognized his limitations in knowledge is a stimulus for us to recognize that we there's much more that we don't know than what we know. And that also refers to the knowledge of our Catholic faith. There's so much that we can learn. So let's pray that we have a real hunger for learning, to really get to know better and better uh, our Catholic faith. And as a consequence of getting to know our Catholic faith, to share our faith with others. John Paul II has pointed out that one of the best ways for us to grow in our faith is to share our faith with others. To share our faith with others. That's right. Finally, let's pray together for the conversion and salvation of sinners. The angelic Dr. Thomas Aquinas goes on to say that one soul is worth more than the whole created universe. Let's pray not only for the conversion of sinners, but pray also for the conversion of sinners, but also let's pray for the conversion of deathbed sinners. That's right. Pray for the conversion of sinners, but also for the conversion of deathbed sinners. For the conversion of deathbed sinners. To apologize for that um, that techni- technical problem that we had. So here we are again. We're 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 praying for the grace, my friends, uh, to to pray in a special way for the uh, conversion of sinners, but especially the conversion of deathbed sinners. And one soul is worth more than the whole created universe. So let's move into let's move into the the topic for the day. <coughs> Today, my friends, <coughs> we celebrate the feast day of Saint Andrew. I'd like to proceed this uh, conversation on Saint Andrew by an invitation. I invite all of you, if you could, to uh, to view some of the episodes of Chosen. The uh, actor is Jonathan Rumi, and Dallas Jenkins is the is the producer 
Very well done. And what it is, you're going to find chosen because Jesus is going from one episode to the next and he's choosing the 12 apostles to follow him. <clears throat> feels very interesting how this comes about. For us to get to know Christ better, of course we have to read the Gospels. Reading the Gospels as well as a good commentary can be very, very useful. So reading the Gospels day in and day out, having a good commentary is very important. But also having a good movie depiction that's well done. And the person of Christ can be can be invaluable. What I'm planning to do, I'm saying this because today we celebrate St. Andrew, who's a, an important figure in this movie. So what I'd like to do, and I'm going to try to plan this, is that we have we have probably about more than 300 confirmation uh, students in our in our confirmation program, first year and second year. In the limited time that we have, one of our primary objectives is to introduce these teenagers to the person of Christ. And they are bombarded by so many other messages. School, TV, radio, Instagram, uh, the internet, videos, video games, so many, so many different sources are bombarding our young people. Such that it makes it a real challenge to get them to know Christ, to love Christ, to follow Christ, and to establish and to establish a deep friendship with Christ. So this, I think, could be a great vehicle. This is what I have in mind. To set, a, set a, a, aside maybe a week after Christmas, not a week, maybe two or three days, which we bring in these confirmation students and we present one of these episodes, which lasts maybe 40 minutes. After this, give them a snack. And after the snack, bring them together and divide them into sharing groups into sharing groups in which with the help of a, of a facilitator they can all share what word what scene what happening what dialogue in the episode in the in that episode seem to captivate them most 
and let them talk about it. And then after that, we can have our our friend the deacon Jonas, what he does on Sunday to lead them in a guided prayer where they're talking to Christ. They're opening up to Christ. Christ is becoming real to them. Christ is becoming a friend to them. <clears throat> Christ is the center of their life. So what do you think? That's a, a project that I have in my mind. So we can um, do all we possibly can to help the young people in these very difficult times in which they're going through. So I say that in honor of St. Andrew because in, in this movie, St. Andrew has a, has a prominent place. Has a prominent place. So let's, uh, let's get to know, let's get to know this person of St. Andrew, whose feast day it is today. Every year, usually right around the beginning of Advent, we celebrate St. Andrew, whose feast day is the last day of November, November 30th. The name of Andrew, his name actually means, it's a name from Greek, and his name actually means courageous or manly or masculine or strong. And we'll see the way he ends his life, how he, he lived this out to the fullest extent possible at the end of his life. We'll, we'll arrive at that later on in our talk. So, what do we know about this man, Andrew? He was a fisherman. He lived in a place called Bethsaida. Actually, his, uh, his brother was Simon Peter. Two of his best friends were Peter, were, were James and John. So those two couples went fishing often in Lake Galilee. They were fishermen. And how our Lord will call them to be fishers of men. They were Jewish. And this is the, this is the background of, of Andrew. The background of Andrew is he was being formed spiritually by, aside from Christ himself, one of the greatest men in the world. Such that Jesus would say of this man, of all men born of women, None was greater than John the Baptist. That's right. Andrew was actually formed in the school of John the Baptist. So one of the first encounters we we meet in the Gospels between John the Baptist, Andrew, and Christ is we... We can encounter this in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1, you have the prologue, prologue, in the beginning was the word. Then later on, we have the call of the first disciples. And it happened this way. One occasion, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples and (coughs) Jesus is walking along the shore. (coughs) Jesus is walking along the shore. And John the Baptist points to Christ and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Andrew and another disciple, most likely it was St. John, John the Evangelist, they get up, they leave John the Baptist, and they're walking behind Christ. So he apparently hears their footsteps. He turns around and he asks them, who are you looking for? And they say, Rabbi, which means master or teacher, where do you live? Where do you live? And he said, come and see. So they follow him And they spend the whole afternoon with him. Imagine how friendly, how kind, how charming Christ was spending the whole afternoon with these two disciples. And this was such an important moment that John the Evangelist says that this was the 10th hour, which means it was 4 p.m. Now, I wonder about you and about me. When was the first time that you really, in your life, experienced experienced a real friendship with Christ? That's a good question. When was it that you really experienced, for the first time, uh, an authentic friendship with Christ? It's a good question. Many people have this encounter with Christ when they when they do the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius Loyola, thirty day retreat or my ten week program. They they really encounter Christ as a real person. That's my hope with these teenagers that if we're able to present these episodes, maybe Christ will become real. Christ will become real for them. To become real for them. Becoming real for them. So, Jesus spends a whole afternoon with Andrew and most likely John the Evangelist. We might even call this, in a certain sense, the apostle of friendship, in this sense. 
that after Andrew spends this spends this this afternoon with Christ, this experience has left such a profound impression upon such a profound impression upon Andrew that he cannot keep it to himself. So what does he do? Andrew cannot keep it to himself. He goes and he seeks out his brother, Simon Peter. Now, St. John Chrysostom goes on to point out, the gospel is known for its brevity, it's very concise. So it could have been that Andrew sat down and had a long talk with Peter about this encounter. But the gospel only says that he brought Simon Peter to our Lord and Jesus said, you are Peter Kephas. Upon you I will build my church. So Andrew is bringing, he brings his brother Peter to Christ. So my style is I like to summarize the gospel. I like, I like to give an interpretation and then an application. That's my style of teaching in this Perseverance family conversation. Now as Andrew brought Simon Peter to Christ, let's see, what can we do? We're going to see various moments in the gospel where Simon Peter, I'm sorry, Andrew is, he's bringing people to Christ. Make an examination of conscience in, in your own life, in your own social network. Who can you bring to Christ? I'll ask that question again. Who can you bring to Christ? I've said it once, I'll say it again. The biggest, largest religious group in our country, in the Philippines, in Mexico, in Europe, the biggest group, religious group, are non Practicing Catholics. That's right. Non-practicing Catholics. Non-practicing Catholics. Most likely, right now, you have someone in your mind, some Catholic that has drifted away. Following the footsteps of St. Andrew, maybe, maybe you can stop and ask yourself, how can I bring, how can I bring someone back to Christ, to the church? I would be even so bold as to challenge all of us to try at least every month 
to bring one person back to the Catholic Church. That would be 12 a year. What would happen if all of us in our Perseverance family could bring back one person a month, maybe even send send this, share my message with some of your friends that are maybe not not uh, practicing. The worst thing they can do is delete me, and that's okay. It's good for my humility. That's true. But we have to, as Fulton Sheen says, first come, then go. We, we, we come to Christ by our holy hour, by our perseverance conversation. Then we're called to go out and to drop the, drop the nets and to become fishers of men like the apostles. <clears throat> In other words, I think we should pray for apostolic zeal. Not to just sit on our hands and praise ourselves for our accomplishments, but rather there's a lot of work to be done, my friends. The harvest is rich. The harvest is very rich, but the laborers are few, and you are, you are the laborers in the harvest with me. Let's, uh, let's be ardent, fervent, intelligent, apostolic, zealous, laborers in the vineyard of the Lord. In St. James, chapter 5, the last few verses, encourages us with these words. Whoever brings back a wandering soul, a lost sheep, to the shepherd saves his soul and expiates a multitude of sins. He he saves his soul and expiates a multitude of sins for our salvation and less time in purgatory if we can bring people back to Christ. I think it stands to reason Andrew had so much enthusiasm Andrew had so much enthusiasm in his encounter with Christ that he could not keep it to himself. He had to, he had to bring this knowledge and love of Christ to others. The first one we see would be the person of Simon Peter. But it doesn't stop there. Another key moment in the life of Andrew is Andrew has encountered Christ there in John chapter 1 with John the Evangelist and then Peter. But it has to be said that another decisive encounter between Jesus and Peter and James and John and Andrew We encounter in Luke chapter 5, the first few verses. In this, Jesus is preaching along the seashore of Galilee. There's so many people that are following Christ that he gets in the boat of Peter. 
so Peter worked with Andros. In a certain sense, the boat of Pete, Peter and Andrew, they worked together as fishing companions. Peter, what he did was he he moved out from shore and our Lord, sitting in his boat, preached to the multitude of people. Then after he finished, he told Peter to go into the deep and told Peter to drop the nets. Now Peter and most likely Andrew, James, and John, were fishing the whole night, and they caught nothing. And Peter said, Lord, we've been at, we've been working hard all night. We've caught nothing, but at your word, I will drop the nets. Duke and going to the deep. So Peter dropped the nets, and he caught so many fish that he had to call his mates, which would probably have been his brother Andrew and James and John, to help him to haul the net filled with fish to the shore. Then Peter, seeing this, falls to the... He falls before Christ and said, Lord, leave me because I'm a sinful man. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Now I'll make you fishers of men. Then the Gospel says... Peter and his companions, they left everything to follow Christ. And that would have been, that would have been Peter, James and John, and his brother Andrew. So that was a definitive moment in the life, that was a definitive definitive moment in the life of Peter, James and John, but also in the life of Andrew. So there's my my second question for our reflection. Okay, when was the first time that you really experienced this personal relationship with Christ where he became your true friend? The span il amigo que nunca falla, the friend that never fails us. When was that? The next question is, when was it that you really made a decision to give yourself fully, totally, unreservedly to Christ? Because there's two different moments when Andrew follows Christ at the beckoning of John the Baptist. But then later on, right now, the Luke chapter 5 verse is that Andrew makes the decision with Peter, James, and John to leave his boat, to leave his nets, to leave everything to follow Christ. Well, Well, maybe you haven't arrived at that yet. Maybe right now, Maybe right now on this feast day of St. Andrew you can hear the words of Christ who's saying, come and follow me and I will make you a, I will make you a fishers of men. Maybe right now that can resound in your hearts 
maybe up to this point you've been following Christ somewhat, but not totally unreservedly. This is the day. This is the day to follow him fully. They left their, net, their nets, James and John, their father Zebedee, their boats and their nets, and they followed Christ totally. Now we could even enter into the whole concept of the whole concept that we encounter in principle and foundation which we call holy indifference. We might even examine our conscience in this beginning of Advent. Have we arrived at this holy indifference? Ignatius gives us the various categories of holy indifference. Maybe examine your life on holy indifference. Such that we don't want to prefer anything except the knowledge and friendship with Christ. So not to not to choose a long life over a short life. Health over sickness. Riches over poverty. Honors over humiliations. But to choose what is most conducive for the end for which we're created, which is to praise God and to save our souls and to work to save the souls of others to become fishers of men. So you might examine yourself on, on your own attachments, called to detachment. We don't want to prefer a long life over a short life. Health over sickness. Riches over poverty. Honors over humiliations. But we want to choose what is most conducive for the end for which we were created. Remember the book of Job, chapter 1, where Job was deprived of his children, his wealth, his family, his health, his friends. He was deprived of many, many things. And Job says this, Naked I came forth from my mother's womb. Naked I should re I return to the earth. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. We accept good things from the Lord, should we not also accept the evil? So in Andrew, in this Luke chapter 5, with his brother Simon Peter, with two of their best friends, James and John, 
they hear the words of Christ who says, Come now, come now, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These are the chosen ones. In the documentary of Jonathan Rumi, no, these are the chosen ones. But we're also chosen. We're also chosen. So let's move on with some other details in the life in the life <clears throat> the gospel of the choosing of the apostles. We've been highlighting the fact that Andrew once he encounters Christ, he cannot keep this encounter to himself. So what does he do? We're going to be seeing Andrew constantly, <coughs> constantly bringing people to Christ. As we should strive to do now more than ever. As we should strive to do now more than ever. So on one occasion, Jesus is preaching to the multitude. And as the day is coming to a close, the people don't have enough to eat. The apostles tell Jesus to send the people to the neighboring villages to get something to eat. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. So, it's Andrew that encounters this little boy This little boy who's got five loaves and two fish. And this boy gives the loaves and the fishes to Andrew and Andrew gives the loaves and fishes to Christ. He has the people sit down on the ground and our Lord takes the bread and the fish, lifts up his gaze, thanks God, then he gives the bread and fish to Andrew, James, and John, the apostles, and they, they go about distributing the loaves and the fish to the people, and thousands of people, thousands of people were satisfied by the five loaves and two fish. But it's Andrew who is the liaison or the bridge that connects Jesus with this boy that's got the loaves and the fish. Let's move on. Andrew Andrew meets Philip.
then Philip will meet Nathaniel. So it's kind of like the domino effect. One person will be inviting another person. But Andrew and Philip they make another key connection. They introduce our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the Greeks. So already we can see the certain Catholic perspective of the calling of the universal call to salvation that Christ came for the lost sheep of Israel, that's true. But at the same time, our Lord came as the universal Savior. He came to save all people. The Jews and the Greeks and the Gentiles. And Jesus says, unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it, ha- it bears no fruit. So the Lord is speaking to the Greeks using an image from nature, somewhat of a poetic image from nature that the Greeks that tend to be intellectuals would understand. Now there's another detail in the life of Andrew, which is very impressive. And it's this. Jesus would choose the 72 disciples to follow him. He would also choose the 12 apostles, the chosen ones. So the documentary is called Chosen. Jesus chooses the 12 and he's choosing one at a time. He's talking to them. He's grooming them. He's preparing them to carry out his mission. Carry out his mission. But in the twelve, among the twelve, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had a certain, he had a certain preference. You might call this the inner circle, the inner circle. A deeper intimate friendship with of the apostles. And who were they? Who were they? They were Peter, the brother Andrew, Peter, James, and John, the brothers. And we have to be honest with uh, our biblical knowledge that Jesus did have a special intimate relationship with this inner group, three of them, Peter, James, and John. 
You would think on a natural plane, natural plane and as a result of concupiscence, that Jesus chose Peter, James and John to share in some of the most intimate moments in his life. But Angel was not one of them. For example, when Jesus brings back to life the daughter of Jairus, who is present, Peter, James, and John, but not Angel. When Jesus ascends Mount Tabor, for the transfiguration who is present Peter James and John but Andrew is not present there in the garden of olives where Jesus enters into his profound prayer Who is present? It's Peter, James, and John, but not Andrew. So, Andrew could have approached the Lord and said, Lord, look, you chose Peter, James, and John to be with you in these key moments, but I was the I was the first one with John to to be your follower. I should be in that inner group. So instead of a threesome, there should be a foursome. But let me in that inner group. I, I really deserve to be there. And you might even you know might even ask uh, James, the brother John. Maybe he can take a hike, and it'll be Peter, John, and Andrew. Uh, James can. He can take a hike. You know, he he can uh, he can go back fishing a little bit, and I'll go with you. But we don't see that. We don't see that in the gospel. So this is a sign of the nobility of the character of Andrew. That Andrew, even though he he's introducing all these people to Christ, he's among the first to be chosen. He's not jealous or envious or having this rivalry. No. But in a certain sense, being formed by John the Baptist, I think in Andrew there, he was instilled many virtues through the teaching of John the Baptist, among which would be that of humility. He must increase and I must decrease. I'm not even worthy to unfasten his sandals. So let's move on. Where else do we encounter Saint Andrew in the in the Gospels? It would be at the Last Supper. That's right. At the Last Supper, 
Jesus invited Andrew to be with him as well as the other apostles. And there at the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the Most Holy Eucharist. And not only that, but he instituted the Sacrament of Holy Orders. So there at the Last Supper, Christ, by saying, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this is my blood. He's instituted the great, the greatest of all the sacraments. That's the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist. The sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist. But also with the words, the words, do this in memory of me. He's also instituting the sacrament of holy orders. So there at the Last Supper, our Lord is ordaining the apostles, that would be Andrew, to be the first priest, as well as the first bishops. Maybe you know this, that the first bishops in the Catholic Church were among the apostles. It's a sad fact that when our Lord was arrested and when he was crucified, Andrew, they fled. The only one, the only one that we encounter there under, at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with Mary Magdalene, would be St. John the Evangelist. But we don't see Andrew there. But we will see him in a short time. Jesus is raised from the dead. He appears to the apostles in the upper room. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they'll be forgiven. Whose sins you hold bound, they will be held bound. And then before Peter, James, John, Andrew, and the apostles, before they go out to preach the word of God to the whole world, Andrew is involved in, an, in another event of capital importance. That is, before he goes out to preach the word of God and to sacrifice his life for love of Christ, Andrew had to make a nine-day retreat. The nine-day retreat, he went with James and John and Matthew and Philip and Thomas and also with the Blessed Virgin Mary to the upper room. So there in the upper room, Andrew and the other apostles with Mary they spent nine days, nine days and nine nights in silence, in prayer and penance. Then the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Then the apostles 
were catapulted. They were sent to the four corners of the world to preach the word of God. And according to tradition, Andrew went to Greece in a place called Patras. And there he was tied to a cross shaped like the letter X. And he hung on the cross several days. From the cross, in the form of an X, angel hung upon the cross. And he longed for the cross. And he praised the cross. That he felt worthy to die in the same way that Christ died by being crucified. So my friends, my friends, in Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the Apostles, in honor of St. Andrew, let us pray that all of us will strive to have a deeper and deeper friendship. Strive to have a deeper and deeper friendship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But also that we, as a result of this friendship, that we, like Andrew, will try to bring other people to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.